Joseph Campbell revitalized modern interest in myth through his pioneering work as an American mythologist. Born in 1904 in White Plains, New York, at the age of 25, he quit his PhD at Columbia University two weeks before the Great Depression hit and spent the next five years unemployed. Now, someone might reasonably spend those five years looking for work, but Campbell took a different route. He secluded himself in a little shack and spent the full five years on a regimented schedule reading everything he could get his hands on. It was these five years that shaped his thinking for the rest of his life. Then, out of the blue, in 1934, he was referred by an old professor of his for a job as professor at Sarah Lawrence College. He accepted the job and taught there for the next 38 years. Campbell is perhaps best known for a series of interviews he did with Bill Moyers called The Power of Myth, finished right before his death in 1987. His most influential book was The Hero with a Thousand Faces. But he was a prodigious author and public speaker, and his ideas reached a wide audience. So what was so special about Joseph Campbell? It was the way he was able to see behind all the differences in the world's rich history of mythology to the unifying and universal aspects of them. He became interested in the fact that similar themes continue to pop up in myths around the world within cultures that clearly had no contact with one another. For example, we find myths of great floods, virgin births, the garden of paradise, a serpent and a tree, and a final apocalypse across many different cultures. So why would these themes pop up around the world even when we know they weren't historical events? Campbell believed that these themes referred to something fundamental and universal about being human. Enduring essential principles that keep us in touch with depths of the human spirit or psyche unknown to the modern mind. Thus, he saw the Garden of Eden as a metaphor referring to a state of mind within ourselves, that aspect of the human spirit which is at the center of our very being, timeless and universal experience where we know in ourselves how to exist in harmony with God and nature. The promise of this and other myths of heavenly paradise is not about our history or an afterlife, he said, but rather something we can experience inside of ourselves in this very life, a garden in our heart. So if Genesis is a story of humankind's exile from the paradise of the Garden of Eden, then the spiritual journey is about finding a way back into that garden, not in a future life, but in this one. Campbell wrote about the ways that myths hold clues to the spiritual potentials of human life. He said that myths are the edge 
the interface between what can be known and that which transcends human knowledge and understanding. Myths speak in terms of metaphors and images about places in the human psyche that words and thought cannot otherwise reach, which can only be felt and experienced in the heart and soul, not the mind. To take them literally is to miss their significance. They speak to our sources of energy and inspiration and the experience of the mystery of life itself, which transcends all categories of human thoughts and the mystery some call God. He famously said that if a myth puts you in touch with the ground of your own being, then it's worth thinking about, and it's a myth. Otherwise, it's just a lie. But it's the theme of the hero's quest that Campbell is most famous for. He outlined the typical flow of a story shared across the world's cultures and traditions. The hero responds to the call for adventure. There is a shocking separation from the past, a departure marking the point of no return, then a journey into the unknown and a decisive quest confronting death, ultimately achieving the means, necessarily, uh, the means necessary for the regeneration of ourselves and our society. While we may be more familiar with myths and, hero and about heroes accomplishing great feats of strength, conquering monsters, slaying dragons, it was the deeper spiritual victories, the internal battles, that really interested Campbell. For ultimately, he said, the hero's journey is a model for the life journey of each one of us. It's the task we all face in learning how to express our own unique life energy in a world where it's easy to become a statistic and to be dehumanized in countless ways. Where so many of our institutions and corporations pressure us to act out a role they determined for us as part of a well-run machine. Where we may be told to leave our humanity at the door when we go to work and are given instructions as to how to act and behave in the interests of the company. Where marketing and advertising seeks to herd our behavior and turn us away from matters of depth and meaning toward the superficial pleasures that come from whatever products they sell. And where even social norms sometimes ask us not to bring all of our passion and depth to our interactions with others, suggesting instead we stick with a scripted and safe conversation lest we offend or burden. After dealing with all of that during the day, it's no surprise that when we come home, we may find it difficult to fully express our love and passion and to focus on what really matters, whether alone or with our loved ones. In short, the world can have a numbing and deadening effect on us all. What would Campbell have us do?
in the mythological language of the hero quest, he would say, we all must become dragon slayers. Where the dragon here is a metaphor for all of the deadening and dehumanizing forces in the world. All the ways we become jaded and have let our fears, greed, and anger, our desire for security and comfort hold us hostage in the dragon cave, as the metaphor goes, keeping us from expressing our deepest passions and having a larger, more intimate relationship with ourselves and the universe we live in. You might think, I don't see my life as a hero's journey. Well, Campbell's point is that we are all already doing battle with these dragons. These forces that prevent us from acting in this world from a place of our deepest humanity. You are the hero of your own life, whether you like it or not, because no one else can do the work of your life for you. So be the hero and find your energy sources. Find those things that make you come alive and blast through the dragons holding you back. Ultimately, the battle is within ourselves and victorious we will emerge when we're more able to express and share our inspirations and passions without holding back. When we can more fully manifest our unique ways of loving, serving, and sharing our gifts with each other. Become your own hero and win for yourself the dragon's gold which is a metaphor for the vitality of life itself. Fight the forces that would confine you to a mechanical life, a banality devoid of passion and meaning. So I ask you today, what makes you come alive? What do you love to do so much that others will perk up their ears to hear the energy and passion in your voice. I feel blessed to be able to pursue the ministry because this work brings me great joy and it's something I can put my whole self into. But it's when I start talking about cooking and food that my wife, Liz, notices the passion in my voice. She'll point it out. You sound a little different there. Spending time in nature is another energy source for me, as is meditation and the spiritual life. For my wife, Liz, I notice how she comes alive when spending time with our little girl, Kimmy. Or when she's working in our vegetable garden or getting back from a run. It's by making sure to attend to these energy sources, these things that we love, that we can energize our lives. On a larger scale, what is your deepest calling that you keep compromising and pushing down? What are the forces 
that are holding you back? And perhaps most importantly, how could you express your passion and the structures of your life already in place while remaining committed to your responsibilities? Because we can't all go on a hero's quest. Which includes, by the way, those areas you may not feel that passionate about, whether that's your job or your household chores or interacting with your healthcare insurance company. The hero's journey is a timeless struggle to follow our own guidance, to abandon what society tells us about how to live and learn to follow our own inspiration instead. And it's a testament to the ways in which humanity must rediscover itself over and over again in each generation if we're to keep the flame of the human spirit alive and save ourselves from whatever system or doctrine we've unwittingly allowed to control our fate. If it comes from outside of ourselves, that's the system. To regain our humanity, we must follow the voice within. I'll end with a quote from Campbell taken from a series with Bill Moyers. Quote, people think that to save the world, they have to shift things or change resources. But any world is a living world if it's alive. To bring the world alive, you have to come alive yourself. And so it is by saving yourself that you save the world. A vital person vitalizes the whole world." End quote. Amen. Ashe. Blessed be.